you know, there's a passage in the scripture just uh, connecting what Jim just shared with what I'm going to be sharing, where uh, people are going to come to Jesus and say, Lord, Lord, did we not proclaim your message in the square and cast out demons in your name and, you know, all these things? And Jesus is going to say, away from me, you wicked sinner, I, I never knew you. I never knew you. How many people do we know that are deceived into thinking that they are a Christian right now simply because they show up at church and listen to a message, maybe read their Bible every once in a while, but they've never actually accepted Jesus as their, as their Savior. And they're deceived into thinking that they're on their way to heaven, and they're not. You know, that, that's a haunting, even for me as a pastor, that's a haunting passage. Like, man, I feel like I'm doing a lot of stuff in Jesus' name. You know, what? What if I'm a fake? What if I've been deceived? You know, uh, and it's just a good, a good uh, challenge for each of us to be evaluating ourselves and where we're at in our walk with the Lord. So I really appreciate you sharing that, Jim, especially as I'm going to be talking about uh, deception today. So uh, on that note, um, uh, my name is Pastor Paul Letvin, and uh, one of two pastors here, and just grateful to be here. I'm going to be, this is kind of a part three message of a, a series that I did. I mean, it's, it's its own message too, but I did a, I did a message on uh, the 10 devotions, uh, you know, what, what should we be devoted to? And then I did a follow-up message on that, uh, on, on distractions and how we need to, you know, be, be wary of distractions in our life, particularly screens, our cell phones, social media, etc., that are uh, pulling us away from the Lord. And then today I'm going to be talking about deception and on that note, we watched with our Bible study group uh, the first part of Seven Churches of Revelation called Times of Fire on uh, Wednesday. And that, that talked about the island of Patmos and the free, first three churches and kind of focused on Christians being persecuted. And then there's a part two that just came in the mail yesterday that I got this. And that one's called Times of Deception. And it talks about the, the remaining four churches in the churches of Revelation and how we need to be careful of what's getting mixed into the churches these days. Uh, and, and how even these churches in Revelation were, were being easily deceived. And so, so we might be doing a part two uh, watch party sometime soon, uh, in case you're interested in that, uh, that people seem to really enjoy the first one. And the second one, as you, got, as you saw, I got the Blu-ray. So the amazing cinematography shots that they had from the, the drones flying around are going to be even more incredible. You know, more, uh, anyway. So, but it, it, it was very well done. Got some good feedback on that first one. So, uh, so Satan loves to use... WMDs. He uses weapons of mass destruction. He uses weapons of mass distraction. Uh, but there's another one we're going to talk about today. And I'll tell you guys right now, I'm, I'm taking this from a knee mail that I received from B Brother Al Whittinghill with Ambassadors for Christ. Great man of prayer. Uh, he's probably like the, the least known famous preacher in the country. Uh, like, he, like I talk about these people. He's like, oh yeah, I know Tony, per Tony Perkins' brother. He's a great guy. You tell him I said hi. I'm like, How? he knows like everybody, like anybody, you know. Uh, last time I talked to him on the phone, but great guy. So he sends out these knee mails, K-N-E-E-M-A, -E -E, you know, because you're, you're on your knees to pray. He calls it, a, you can laugh. If you, anyway. it's fun. Hey, there we go. Hey, we need to start holding up signs here. <laughs> laugh, laugh, laugh. <laughs> That's what we'll have to do up in Annsville. Okay, laugh now. <laughs> anyway, amen, yeah. So he, he writes these, email, these knee mails, uh, and, and so I, we talked about weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass distraction, but there's another WMD called weapons of mass deception. 
that Satan uses. And I'm going to read what Brother Al said in his email. Many people do not see this and are involved in things that are not in agreement with God's word. When we are not hearing God's truth, we are very susceptible to, to the devil's lies. We can make decisions based on man's thoughts and ways rather than what God would say to us. Many are in this situation doing what is right in their own eyes. They might choose to go to a church that really makes them feel good, but does not truly preach the truth that we so desperately need to hear. Deception can easily trick us when we do not have a genuine love of the truth and a hunger to glorify God. Do you see this happening all around us? We may listen to preaching and not really hear what the Spirit is saying to us. We can draw near to things of God while our hearts are far from him. Oh, we must not be deceived. Every way of a man seems right in his own eyes, but the Lord tests the spirits. So this WMD, weapon of mass deception, is in the realm of the spirit. And only the word of God revealed by the spirit of God to our hearts can keep us from this kind of deception. Jesus told the Pharisees that you do err because you do not know the truth and the power of God. He also said that those who hear the voice of the Son of God will live. Oh, how we need the discernment that comes only from our dear Lord. Lord, order my steps in thy word. So that was his excerpt on that. Uh, so please bow with me as we pray and get on with this message. Father, we come before you once again, and we confess to you that there could be lies, deceptions that we've been entangled in, things that aren't true that we're believing. Lord, I pray you'd search each of our hearts right now. Lord, I, I want to know the truth. If there's something I'm believing that's wrong, I, I want to know the truth so I can change my life to fit your word and not the other way around. God, give us soft hearts right now. Give us open, attentive ears. Lord, I pray against Satan and his attacks right now to even distract and stop the ears of the people here. Lord, we give you our attention. We give you our hearts. We give you our minds. May we actively listen and allow your truth to sink into us today, lest we ourselves become even more deceived than perhaps we already are. So Lord, we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So the path of deception is the title of today's message, the big idea. Beware the path of deception and take responsibility for your failures. We'll get into that. Beware the path of deception and take responsibility for your failures. You know, uh, I was deceived on my first date with Haley. You know, she, she loves telling people this story, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell it for her. But uh, I, there was a co-worker of mine. Uh, who knew that I like to exercise and, you know, eat healthy food, things like that. She said, you know, Paul, we, I've got this event coming up. It's a, a health and wellness event, and they're going to do a free dinner, uh, and there'll be a, a, a short presentation, and um, you can invite, you know, she knew I was, uh, were we engaged? No, we, oh, we weren't even engaged yet. We were just, court, oh, oh, yeah, goodness. <laughs> wow. It was, our, it was our first date, our first date. So, uh. She's like, yeah, you can even bring somebody if you want. So I called Haley, like, hey, you want to come? You know, she's working on her doctorate in physical therapy, plenty of other better things she, she could be doing. And, uh, but she said, yeah, you know, I'll come. And I was like, oh, great. So we get there. It's at the, the Hilton Garden Inn in Grand Forks. And uh, so I'm sitting next to my coworker, and then uh, sh she just kind of took charge of the conversation and was talking to me. You know, Haley's sitting over here, kind of just... 
and they brought a nice little meal out, and then this guy comes out and starts talking, and then it didn't take long before we realized it was a, a Melaleuca pitch. And, uh, and I looked at Haley, I was like, I was like, I, I did not know this was going, you know, I, I, I was deceived. I was deceived. And then, uh, long story short, we're, we were there for three hours. It, 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 it was really long. I mean, we had the meal, the presentation, and I, I knew she had studying to do. I kept, I kept profusely, like, our plan was to go out and get, like, some ice cream afterwards, and then... Uh, you know, and that, that was out the window, and, and, uh, and I, I kept profusely apologizing. I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, fi- finally we get out of there in the parking lot. I'm like, Haley, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this was going to take so long. And, like, and she was very gracious, you know, like, oh, that's okay. You know? uh, I mean, she, you, know, you know, as she still is today, you know, very gracious and much more patient with me than I deserve. And uh, so anyway, you know, said goodnight for the night, and, you know, she drove home, and then I drove home. And, you know, the guys, the guys at our house, I live with three other guys, and uh, one of the guys was the one who said, Paul, I think Haley would be great for you, like, and kind of put the idea in my head. He's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I think she would be great for me. And, and uh, so they knew I was out on this date. And like, so I get back and they're like, Paul, how'd it go? How, you know, how, how'd everything? And I, I, my response was, it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> I, I, was, I was certain that she was not going to go on another date with me. I think I was even texting her that night too. I said, I am so sorry, Haley, just totally blew it. And to my great surprise, wonder, amazement, she did agree to go on a second date with me in spite of the huge failure on our first one. And uh, so anyway, that, uh, but how, how did I get deceived? I had a predisposition, a weakness of saving money that some people like to call being stingy. Uh, but <laughs> or may, maybe I was just poor at the time, but I was like, hey, free meal. And, uh, and, I, and I, I, got, I got sucked in. So had I been a little bit more generous in my thinking with this woman who is obviously now the love of my life and just incredible, uh, she deserves way more than a free meal on our, <laughs> on our, first, our first date. And I, 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 was, I, was, I was deceived. I was tricked. And, that, and that's what we're going to talk about today uh, out of Genesis chapter 27, verses 1 through 35. I'm going to read the story uh, briefly of Isaac getting deceived by Jacob, and then we're going to go through the highlights on how that happened and how we can avoid being deceived in this world. So if you're able to, if you have a physical Bible, first preference, if you've got it on your phone, we'll allow that too. Uh, But uh, Genesis, just don't get sucked into your notifications. Uh, uh, Genesis 27, I'm going to read, um, I I might skip a couple verses here and there just for the sake of time, but we're going to read the story for the most part. Okay, so when Isaac was old, And his eyes were dim so that he could not see. He called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old and do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go to the field and hunt game for me. And prepare for me delicious food, such as I love. And bring it to me so that I may eat that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for a game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food food for your father such as he loves. 
and you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. Her mother, his mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought uh, them to his mother and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands, on the smooth part of his neck, and she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Now here's where it gets interesting. So he went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Of course. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's son bow to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. And as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And I'm, I'm going to stop there just for the sake of time. Uh, uh, but uh, we're kind of getting the gist of what's happening here. So um, how did this happen? How did Isaac get deceived by Jacob. Well, I've got a couple main points uh, in your bulletin. You can follow along with me. Number one, Isaac had an existing weakness, a predisposition to the love of food. So that was a current struggle that he had. How many times did you hear me say delicious food? I think I said it five times. He knew it. Others knew it. That was his existing weakness, a predisposition for the love of food. Uh, here, we, here we see it says that in Genesis 27, verse 4, Verse 9, verse 14, I think there were even two other places where it talked about this delicious food that Isaac loved. Why is that a problem? What's wrong with loving food? Well, we're supposed to love the Lord our God, first and foremost, above everything. If you love food more than God, food is your idol, just as it was Isaac's. You know, we see that in... Uh, Philippians 3, verse 19. So Isaac had an idol, and it was his stomach. It was his stomach. Philippians 3, 19. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. 
and they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. You know, we can have a real tendency to really crack down uh, on people that are addicted to drugs or alcohol, things like that, but what about people that eat too much or, or eat food that's maybe not so healthy? Um, you know, glut gluttony is a sin just as much as drunkenness is. And, and, and that's, what, that's what Isaac's downfall was. You know, it was, it was his belly. It was his belly. Um, and everyone has their own weaknesses. And if you have a weakness that others know about, you can bet for sure that Satan knows about it too. And he's going to use that against you. He's going to use it to deceive you. He's going to use it to make you ineffective for what God wants you to do. Number two, confusion. We see that in verse 18. Isaac was deceived uh, through confusion. So uh, Genesis 27, 18. So he went into his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, Who are you my son? So, so right, right away, he's confused. He's like, who, you know, why did he have to ask who you were? He sent Esau out. Jacob comes in. Well, obviously the voice didn't match, right? So, so something's, something's not right here. So he's confused. Guess what? Satan, through temptation, brings confusion. I've only got three fill-ins on the bulletin today. Well, tried to make it simple. So that's the first fill-in. Satan Temptation brings confusion. So if you're ever confused about something, there's a good chance that Satan's behind it. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. People think if you know, Satan's got horns and a pitchfork and a pointed tail. Guess what? If you saw Satan, probably the most beautiful thing you'd ever seen. Ezekiel talks about how he was the signet of perfection, the, the guardian cherub. And he uses his beauty to deceive. He makes sin look really beautiful. He makes certain people look really beautiful that he's just using his, his puppets and pawns. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, brings clarity and peace. So if you're ever wondering who's speaking to you, if you're in a state of confusion, there's probably a good chance Satan's in the process of deceiving you. If, if you're having clarity and peace about a decision, that's probably a good sign that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Uh, like very much for, for, for me and, and Bob with this move to Bonanzaville and then receiving all this feedback, just, just even more, more confirmation, peace, and clarity that this is a good, a good move for us. Uh, and we see that 1 Corinthians 14, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Acts 26, 17 through 18. Delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes, as we sang, so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And then Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. God wants to bring us clarity. He wants to bring us peace in our decision-making, in our news sources that we listen to, what voices, how do we know if someone's telling the truth or not? God, God will bring that. When, when, we're, when we're in a state of confusion, Satan's specialty. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. 
Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it to the fullest. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's Jesus. Number three, how was Isaac deceived? Uh, He ignored red flags. There was plenty of red flags along the way that he just ignored. Something was out of the ordinary. Verse 20 of Genesis 27. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, because the Lord God granted me success. He thought of a lie and he thought it up quick, just like the Grinch, right? You know, J- Jacob, that name means, means deceiver, to grasp at one's heel. And it's interesting how our, our, son, our son James, and that's the Greek form of Jacob, uh, he, he's, he's kind of sneaky. Like he's the one that, you know, can scare me or he'll, he, he's, he's good at doing things and then not getting caught. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's just funny. I, I, I love him, uh, to death, but it's just kind of funny to see him. Oh, he's a little, little trickster, you know, uh, not that the other kids don't ever do anything either, but, um, but yeah, that's what Jacob means. He deceives, but isn't that crazy how, how quickly like, Oh, the Lord granted me success, you know, but Isaac knew something was out of the ordinary. This is not normal. So that's your first red flag. Second doubt. Verse 21. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near me that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. If it was actually Esau, would he even be needing to go through this process? No, he, he doubted. He doubted and he ignored it. When in doubt, throw it out. Man, we got that drilled into us the summer of 2005 working at the YMCA. Actually, the summer of 2003, I worked in food service like, yep, when in doubt, throw it out. It stinks, get rid of it, you know. Uh, you smell a rat, there's, there's probably a rat. You know, when in doubt, throw it out. No peace, no go. That's another one that uh, Pastor Bob has drilled into me since I've been young. No peace, no go. If you've ever done any counseling with Bob, I'm sure you've heard him say that. If you don't have a peace about something, best to wait and keep praying or just say no altogether. You know? No peace, no go. Uh, the third red flag, th- there was an obvious fact. There was an obvious fact. Genesis 27, 22. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He heard Jacob's voice. Fact. Red flag. Fourth red flag, uncertainty. Isaac was experiencing uncertainty, Genesis 27, 23. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. So, so he's, he's still in a state where he wasn't even certain. He, he, he wasn't even fully sure that he recognized him, but he blessed him. Anyway, 24, there's ling- lingering doubt, lingering doubt. So even after he blessed him, in verse 24, he said, are you really my son Esau? And he answered, I am, of course, dad. All of these red flags, Isaac was willing to overlook because he wanted his delicious food. What lies are we allowing ourselves to believe or even ignoring because we want something else that's more important to us than God's truth? We must be asking ourselves this question, brothers and sisters. We, we are in a world full of deception. I, I never watch mainstream media, ever. <laughs> I know I'm being lied to. You know, there, there's, there's just uh, so much out there. You guys have seen all kinds of stuff about Tucker Carlson this last week too, you know, and, and he's, 
I, I think he's really working to get the truth out. And uh, I mean, of course, <laughs> you've got, you guys have probably read all kinds of stories on that too. You know, who, who, what can we believe? What, we, what can we? But an, another, another good way to find out if someone's lying or not is wh- whoever's doing the censoring is probably due to the lying. If there's someone trying to cover up news stories and things, what, why would they do that if they were confident in the truth that they were telling? People who are telling the truth don't need to censor themselves. They're saying what's right. The ones who are doing the censoring are the ones doing the lying. That's wisdom from Dennis Prager. Whoever's doing the censoring is doing the lying. Clouded judgment, Genesis 27, 25. So this was another, this was another reason he, he uh, was deceived. Genesis 27, 25. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Now, isn't it true when you sit around a table, you have a nice meal, you get, you get kind of relaxed, right? Yep. And then, especially if you have a glass of wine, get even more relaxed. And, and then, and then you, you don't have your complete solid judgment like you usually do. So, one has to be cautious of that. You know, who, who, are, you, who are you whining and dining with? Uh, <laughs> you know, do, you, do you trust them in case they might try to deceive you? And then, you know, how, how much are you whining and dining? You know, we, we, we've, got to be, we've got to be cautious of those things, knowing that, yeah, eating a nice meal, you know, you, you get kind of, what, what do people do after Thanksgiving meal? Go, turn on the game and fall asleep, right? You get, you get relaxed, you're sleepy, and when you're sleepy, you're usually not making the best choices as normal, right? Like, and like, I can tell you as a parent of five kids, gets to the end of the day, you're tired. It's like, okay, kids, whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll do Dad, Dad, can we please? Yeah, okay, fine, fine, fine. Listen, you know, and then, and then you, you start getting a little more loose in your decision making. Uh, so we need to be cautious of that clouded judgment. And then lastly, number five, uh, he was believing a false fact, believing a false fact. Verse 27. So he came near and kissed him and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, ah, oh, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. See, this was after he'd already given the blessing. So here we can see uh, Isaac seems to be even trying to convince himself that what he did was okay. He's, he's rationalizing. He's like, oh, there's got to be a little bit more proof that I made the right decision, even though I know it was Jacob's voice. Something's off. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's Esau's clothes. It's, it's got to be Esau. He's, he's deceiving himself. How often do we do that? And we just deceive ourselves because there's something else that we want that's more important than God's truth. This was a falsehood. It was a fallacy. Yes, it was Esau's clothes, but no, it wasn't Esau wearing them. And Isaac had plenty of opportunity to recognize that had he been living in discernment. Remember, Jesus is the truth. Was there any point in this passage where we see Isaac stop and say, you know what, Jacob, I'm going to consult the Lord for a minute. Did we see that happen? No. He didn't stop and ask God for wisdom and ask for discernment. He just kind of kept going with the flow, didn't he? Christians, it's okay if you're in a conversation where you need to make a decision or something else, or especially if you're trying to make kind of a long-term decision, it's okay to stop and ask God for help and consult the Lord. So many times throughout the Old Testament, people failed because they didn't consult God. They did what was right in their own eyes. So when we're making big decisions, 
when we're, even when we're reading the news or we hear one Christian say this and another Christian say that, bring it, bring it to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to know the truth. Please reveal to me your wisdom and your truth in this matter. <coughs> we don't have wisdom because we don't ask for it. That's what James said, right? Uh, so we need to ask God for wisdom. We need to ask God to, for discernment, especially in these times of deception. Now, probably, perhaps the saddest part of this story is that Isaac did not take responsibility for his failure in allowing himself to be deceived. Instead, he blame shifted. He blame shifted. And this is verse 35, which I didn't get to in the main reading. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and he has taken away your blessing. Eh. Lie. That's a lie. He's taken away your blessing. Isaac gave the blessing. He gave it away. Jacob didn't take it. It wasn't his to take. Isaac had to give it. Isn't that something? Your brother came and took it away. It's his fault. Man, this sounds familiar. Just like Adam in Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. The man said, the woman whom you, he's even kind of blame shifting towards God here, isn't he? The woman whom you gave to me, God, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Guess what, Adam? She can't make you bite that fruit. <laughs> you took it from her, Adam, and you're the one that took a bite out of it. But he blamed Eve. Blame shifted. In both cases, these men brought much pain and grief into their families by allowing themselves to be deceived. Much pain and grief. Here we are today living in a cursed fallen world because Adam, <laughs> okay, Eve, I'll have some fruits, even though God, he, he knew it was wrong. He knew it was wrong, but he did it anyway. What are we compromising on that's getting us into trouble? Are you acknowledging your failures and taking responsibility for them? Or are you just trying to blame somebody else? Like the Biden regime, it's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. Uh, it's just classic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could go on and on. But, and that's unfortunate, isn't it? That, that's what we see our leaders doing, isn't it? The people that are supposed to be setting the example for us, the people that are supposed to be showing us what life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness looks like, and then they, they, they blame shift. You know, how often do you see a, a government leader or politician come out and say, yep, I messed up, I was wrong, please forgive me. You know what, somebody came out and did that, my respect for them would go up 500%. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And we need to think about that in our own lives. Are, are, are we taking responsibility for our failures or are we just blaming somebody else for it? Satan made me do it. I really didn't want to do it. Satan made me. He can introduce ideas, but we're the ones that allow ourselves to be deceived. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, we must beware this path of deception and take responsibility for our failures. And it takes a lot of wisdom and discernment and insight. So if you go out today, this week, and you're confused, you're doubting, you're unsure, Ask, ask God for wisdom. Ask him for discernment. Say, Lord, I want to know the truth. Show me, show me what's true. We need, we need to call on him for help. And, and it's, it's only going to become more and more intense. You guys see the signs in our nation as more and more places are getting censored. More and more banks are shutting down to make a big 
uh, conglomerate one and push us into CBDCs. Like this, this is all being orchestrated uh, to bring in the end times and, and global government. And, and there's going to be more and more deceptions. I won't be surprised if in my lifetime, this might sound crazy to you, if we look up and we see UFO things that are flying around and it's really just like a laser show being put on by the government. Like I, I, it won't surprise, like I don't know if there's much that would surprise me anymore. So Christians, we must be careful with the days that are coming. There's going to be mass deceptions. And Jesus even warned about that. And he said, it, even to deceive the elect, if that were possible. You know, remember Jesus saying that? So, so we need to be asking God for great discernment because there's going to be stuff that we've never even imagined that we're going to see and hear. <laughs> you know what my grandpa Johnson said? Who never even uh, became a Christian as far as I'm aware, unless he did it on his deathbed as I pleaded with him. But uh, he was very wise, had a lot of street smarts. And, and he told me, believe nothing that you hear and only half of what you see. <laughs> You know, and uh, you know what? I think there's, there's, there's some truth to that. We need, we need to be very, very cautious, very discerning. Anyway, Father, we just thank you for this time. Oh, Lord, give us wisdom in these days. Give us discernment. Give us understanding. Lord, help us to see your truth, to know your truth. Lord, help us to be better students of your word so that we know exactly what you say in your word. So then when we see and hear these messages that the, the world and Satan are pushing at us, that we will recognize that lie right away and be like, nope, that's not true. This person's trying to deceive me because God's word says this and what they're saying doesn't match what God's word says. Lord, I pray that we would know your truth so that we can live freely under you, Lord. Help us not allow ourselves to be deceived by putting other things in our lives at a higher love than our love for the truth. Help us to know you better today, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.